What's up, everybody? This is the Growing Up Italian Podcast. A little different today, huh? <laughs> I'm with my guys, Georgie and Mike. What's going on? What's Legendary up? tattoo artist. World famous. <laughs> World famous. New York City's own, you know? But right. legends in Ozone Park, Howard Beach area, I would say, no? Yeah, past uh, 25 years. That were the shops here. Coming up on 25 years. And then it started Pete and Kubo in the basement. Pete started in 70. See, 72 see that's what I was gonna get into Mike, Mike asked me like do you have an outline for this and I was like actually <laughs> I don't like, I just the only thing I wanted to talk about was when you look at like tattoo spots in New York it always says like established in 94 or 95 97 97, oh, 97. 97. okay because that's when because tattooing became legal tattoo was illegal for like 30 years right yeah, it was a health code violation, actually. Let's get a little closer. It was a health code violation, it actually was. But we were doing it in the basement. I mean, Pete was tattooing in the basement sure. since 72. Kubo started, I think, 90, 91 in his basement. I was with Kubo in the basement from the beginning. I wasn't tattooing then, but... You were hanging out. Yeah, I was hanging out. It definitely was. I wasn't now, tattooing. It's crazy, because, like... From when I first got my tattoo, like I come from an Italian household and everybody was against tattoos, and I was like the first one to get it. Criminals got them. Exactly. So like that's the general like idea of tattoos, like you know when you're sleeved up, like what are you, you're either a criminal I, or. A- I remember being a kid and tattoos always fascinated me, and I told my mother I was like oh, I want tattoos when I get older, you know, because I see like the garbage man with the like green tattoos on him, and I just like loved it, and she was like oh if you ever get it, she goes. I cut it off with a wire brush. You know, I was young. I got my first tattoo. I was 14 years old. I moved out of my parents' house when I was 16. And I got caught with about probably 12 tattoos when I was 18. 12? My apartment was being painted. And I had to go to my mother's house to shower. And she walked in on me coming out of the shower. And they were like all on my lower body. Or? No, they were like my lower body. So you actually tried to hide them, though. Yeah, she caught me. You know, she also got to see me naked again. You know. <laughs> and then she threw me out. I was like, I don't even live here. I was like, what are you out for the tattoos or seeing you naked? <laughs> I could have went either way on that. But yeah, I was like, I don't even live here. And she, you know, threw me out. You know, again, I wasn't living there. But, you know, I, I actually don't... can't start to begin. Like, so many people I know, their parents were so against tattoos. It's like a, definitely an Italian thing. Like, is she better now? She doesn't care. Well, yeah, because she's dead. I mean, I don't know, she's looking <laughs> I mean, down. Yeah. After, afterwards, though? No, like, she always hated it because you know what it was? Like, I have this, like, the pedigree on my education is stellar. <laughs> like, it really is. You know, 350000 in my ed- education. Oh, yeah? Yeah, private schools, military schools, How long private were we colleges. You mentioned military schools? You know, but, um. Nima. You know, this is what I came into. So, you know, my mother retired. She moved to South Carolina. Any pictures she had of me in the house. And I didn't have my hands and my neck done I did after that, after she passed away. But any pictures she had of me in the house, she would perma-market my arms out. 
So it was just like floating hands. And if somebody asked her, like, what does your son do for a living? She was just like, oh, he's in business. Never said like a tattoo. <laughs> he yeah. Just he's in business, you know? I've been tattooing for a little over three years now, and I still hide my new tattoos from my father. He Which, knows I'm going to get them, but he still well, just gives me the when, look. When Mike started tattooing, he didn't even have any tattoos. I remember we were talking, and then he's like, I got to start getting tattoos because people aren't going to think <laughs> I'm good if they, if, they don't, if they don't see any tattoos. I mean, I had a, I had a couple. I had uh, just like one on my back and one on my leg, but every time I would tattoo somebody new, they'd be asking why I don't have any, and it's, I was just tired of having the conversation, so I just started my sleeve from there. Yeah, it got man, so I, annoying. I remember when I was getting like heavily tattooed, like a lot of sleeves on young guys like really didn't exist you know like if you were an older guy in a tattoo where you had sleeves there was another kid who came up under p chris asta he had heavy coverage in his 20s you know and he was a couple of years older than me and i like followed suit this? with him probably like 90 this was you know when i followed suit with him and then i just started getting coverage in my early 20s you know like i mean I remember when I started busting out with forearm tattoos, my friends were like, oh my, like, what, what are you doing, you know? It's really a lot of young guys didn't have it. And then when I started blowing out my neck. What do you, what do you think about all these face tattoos now? You think it's crazy? I mean, now, now it's very common. I mean, it's just... How often are you guys tattooing on a face? Not, not too often. I've done I, it, but I've done I can't it tell before, you the last time I've done it. I, I maybe haven't done one in a year. On somebody's really? face, no, not, like, not in a while. You know what? The thing is, like, these kids don't understand. Like, yo, you have to get a real fucking job one day. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't waited till after my mother died to do my hands and my neck. But at that point, like, I knew this was all I'm I'm doing. You know, listen to me. I'm a very intelligent guy. I've had many bit different businesses through the years. I could step in anybody's business and run it. <laughs> Who's gonna believe me? Looking at me. You know, coming yeah, through the door, sure, I'm a scary thing coming through the door. Like, you know, like, oh, this guy's got to be the face of my business. You know, it's, people don't understand that, that it, it is a job killer. You know, that's the luxury of what we do is that, you know, we can go however the hell we want. Yeah. I mean, especially yours, because, you know, it's a tattoo shop. Like, you know, it's expected. I never saw a tattoo artist besides Mike that wasn't fully, fully covered. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, now, I mean, a lot of the guys are, are getting covered later on in life, but that's a good thing, too, because they're really picking what they want to do. Like, if I could go over and do it all again, I would do, like, a Japanese suit, hands down, top to bottom. Just everything, right? Everything, you, you know? Yeah, I think my first tattoo was a, was a pit bull, I, I think, to be Where honest with you. It was on my calf. I mean, it's long covered, but, you know, I mean... I got a fucking puggle now, you know? I have a pit bull tattoo The on quality me. of tattoos definitely changed in the last... What, 30 years? Well, here's the thing. And I had Richie the, Montgomery the from... The equipment is changed. Like that too, years. but... Like the big thing when was... we were doing this podcast is my cousin was like, how are you going to do a podcast when uh, you're doing a tattoo? The machine's so loud. I'm like, not Mike's machine. No. Mike's machine. Look, do you I guys mean, hear it? I don't hear it. I, I remember years ago, I was... I tattooed with Richie Montgomery for like 10 years. He's a f old-time tattooer out in Long Island. Richie's been around tattooing since he's 16. You know, in the early 70s. And I remember saying to him, I was like, Rich, I was like, I don't understand, you know, all these guys with superior art talent. And Richie has superior art talent. I was like, I don't understand why they, you know, never got involved in tattooing. And his main thing to me was, he goes, one, he goes, they felt that it was beneath them. Like being a formally trained artist from school, it was beneath you to tattoo. Yeah. 
You know, and he's like, two, he goes, the ones that really wanted to do it, he goes, couldn't get the equipment, couldn't set up their equipment, and or couldn't get the color in. Because to become a tattoo artist years ago, you had, to, you had to know somebody who was already a tattooer. And also, they had to teach you and bring you into the business. Yeah. It's not like now well, where you can that's buy it. That's what Georgie did for you, though. That's, that's what I was going to get into, because Mike, when he, when I, I know Mike for, what, like 12 years, maybe? More, probably, you know? yeah. So Mike was like, fucking painting Jillios. Well, I mean, but listen to me, when he first came up here and he'll tell you, like I told him flat out, I was like, look, I was like, I can't teach you anything about art. I was like, you could teach me. I was like, there is not a thing I could offer you to make you a better artist. I was like, but I could teach you how to hustle the business. Because at the end of the day, it is a business and it requires a certain finesse to the business. There's artists out there that have incredible art talent, but they don't have a basis of how to run their own business and is manage their clientele. Time, yeah, like, is that as far as, like, managing scheduling? And no, the, the biggest thing's the God complex. Like, and I'm sure a lot of people watch this, you know, I'm sure a lot of them are tattooed. But you go to some of these artists and they're, like, holier than now. Like, dude, you're fucking drawing pictures on people. Like, people are choosing to spend their money with you. Like, how are you going to give them that God complex? Like, come on. They, you know? Yeah, a lot of artists out there, they think they're, they're better than the people that they're tattooing. And, and they think, like, it, it's an honor for you to sit with me. Like, they have that, like, way about them. But yeah, like, 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 I got this friend of mine, like, he told me one time, like, he was going to this tattooer, a girl, just because he wanted to try to bang her. Got a whole sleeve sex, from her. Sex sells. Yeah, though. just <laughs> sex sells, you know. He just went there. To, <laughs> and you know what? Like, and it was so funny because the work got light and everything. Like, now we tattoo him like he's a really good friend of mine. You know, like, he'll, he'll like, beg me to get in with Mike and stuff. And I make it happen for him because I'm, I'm a good guy like that. But, like, he'll never admit that he had subpar work. Because he was thinking with his dick, you know, not, well, not with his People only buy sandwiches with me because I got girls working yeah. And the best is he never slept with her. Oh, he never got Never, to never even got to her. He probably blew thousands, probably tipping her 500 at a clip, and he never even slept with her. Man, it's a, it's a real world out there. Yeah, I mean, you know, it does happen. <laughs> it happens to the best of us. So, you know, you guys have a really funny relationship. Like, every time, whether it's... You know, calling you to get a appointment with Mike, or just before when we were in the office, you know, you're trying to get Mike to buy you a a new fishing rod, right? Yes, he. Uh, you know what? The blue fins are in, and they're, <laughs> they're hitting poppers, and I don't have a good jigging setup, and it's like fifteen hundred for the setup, and all I want to do is put the fresh tuner on his plate. You know, a little. That's all I'm looking little, to do. Uh, boat warming. Uh, yeah, a little, a little boat, boat warming, warming gift. You know, when he moved into his apartment, I had to buy him a, a fucking espresso machine. The high-end ones. I got him a high-end wig of $6,000. He didn't even want it. No, he didn't even want it. So then he picked out one, and it was like middle of the road. So I got him the high-end home version one. And he he doesn't even own the apartment he lives in. He he rents it off some slumlord guy. (laughs) You you know? I mean, we were there today. The fucking ceiling's leaking. But yet he's got a top-of-the-line espresso machine. It's not him, is it? You know? Yeah, there's a slide. sitting right next to me. He won't won't even get it on camera. I saw the face. He he doesn't want to. I go by this guy's house. He's watching Joe Pesci the Super constantly. It's like he emulates to be not even Joe Pesci, his father. Remember the one that said, uh, Dad, we got to fix the heat. And he's like, we only got 120 days to do it. And the father replies, well, a lot of things can happen in 120 days. Like spring. That's this guy that won't get on camera. That reminds me of my dad. Yeah. Oh, my God. 
<laughs> he, he, it's an espresso machine that won't fit in my apartment. I won't have a kitchen. You, you just have to get rid of the stove. It's all bro. the counter space, but you know how you're going to look? You got a girl over, like, hey, you want a cappuccino? And, like, you're going to bust that thing out? You're definitely getting laid. So the, <laughs> the machine he got is six, is six grand, right? It's a six no, the $6,000 one sitting in my garage. The one that you wanted to the give him. The one that I wanted to give him. So I went out, I bought him, I don't know what it was, like a $700 one. But... I did you got, buy a, you got him, another like, apartment for me? To I did buy him like unlimited cake, like the cups and shit. So he got espresso for like two years. That's great, because I literally have that two-pod espresso machine in a store, and I can't imagine having that thing in my house, just to grind the beans, just to make an espresso. Like, it needs to come with a barista. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to use that. I press one button on mine, and it's done. You want me to start grinding and... It's the freshest espresso you could get. I, I make a cappuccino. I don't even drink the espresso. I don't like espresso. Yeah, I don't like the way it tastes. it down. I water it down. I really wish my friend would get in on on this. You know, he's we're going to shout so. him out in a second. But yeah, he just, he just won't. <laughs> well, now that you call him a slumlord. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, I mean that. You know why? Because I'm sitting here on the <laughs> podcast and he's in the, he's on the group text right now blowing it up. Like, you hear my phone ringing? Telling everyone in the group text, oh, come down here, come down here. He wants to try to put me on blast. You know, it's funny because when I was like, you know, I was mentioning it to my friends I wanted to do a, a podcast with Mike. And they're like, yo, if you do a podcast with Mike, just make sure you get Georgie, because he's a character. Like, Georgie needs his own podcast. I'm yeah, fucked yeah, up. Fuck it's been so many years. <laughs> I'm the piece of shit. fucked up. <laughs> but with Georgie, like, you know, he's... <laughs> fuck Mike. Just let him tattoo you. Let George do the talking. <laughs> but, uh, you know, Mike, how many kids this young are, like, making this much noise in the tattoo industry? I mean, this... This, this, listen to me. There's, there's a lot of there's, a lot of there's a lot of talent. There's a lot of young talent. He's probably got one of the best work ethics. See, for me, it's not about your talent. It's about character. Like I never let anybody in. Like you gotta understand. You gotta understand something. You know, like when when Pete and Kubo brought me into this. To me, it was like becoming a made guy in the mob. It, but it was better because it was a legit business. You know, when you're talking like, there was a time I could look at a tattoo and tell you which one of the five guys in New York did it. Like, that's how small the circle was. Like, talking about 90s or? 90s, yeah. Early 90s, late 80s, early 90s. You know, before it became legal. I mean, when it became legal, it started blowing up. Was it illegal all over America or just New York? Just the just, counties. Just Long the Island was still legal. Oh, really? Yeah, Long, Long Island was legal. But, you know, it was like this secret society. I remember, I'll never forget... When they were looking to make it legal, we all got together at this diner on Queens Boulevard. I think Pops, right? It was the diner. And it was Legendary. just... Pops yeah, Legendary. it was like... It was P. Kubo, Mike Pathetto, Richie Montgomery, Rob Friend. Like, it was all Dave Mars. Like, just all the old school tattoo guys. And this one guy somehow caught wind of it. And he wasn't a tattooer. And he was just, like, we were there to discuss it becoming legal. Like, you know, what's going on? How we're going to attack it as a group. Yeah, like, it was trying to be pushed through. And this one guy showed up, and I'll never forget, Mikey Perfetto looks at him, and he goes, who are you? What are you doing here? Oh, well, you know, um, I don't tattoo, but I'm interested in getting tattooed. Like, Mikey was like, yo, Mikey was like, get the fuck out of here. He's like, like, you don't fucking belong here. But you know what it was? I mean, look, the guy was humble. You know, he just didn't know any better. But it was that thing where it was like a secret society where we didn't want outsiders in it. 
You know, and then with the internet, of course, like, stuff became readily available. You and... can get a whole tattoo kit on Amazon yeah, now. Yeah, it's, and, you know. Man. Well, you can go on Amazon and buy a whole tattoo machine set for $30. It's it's going to be shit. Oh, the but, shit tattoos. Yeah, that's how like, people end up coming in for cover-ups because they got it done in some kid's basement. Like, the, at the house magic, party. the magic of the business is gone today. Like, what do you mean by that? Like, it's just like you, you felt special. You were a part of something, like, almost like a gang, you know? Like, and it was just you guys, no outsiders. Like, you went to other places and, you know, you were welcomed by a you few select people. Absolutely. You had to know somebody to get involved in tattooing, you know? And like I said, it was more about character than anything else, you know? Because we've seen, like, people with great art talent come and go through the years, but they're douchebags. You know, so, like, we didn't want them around us. Y you know, they weren't, like, you know, like, our type of guys. You know, you got to remember something. I understand, like, it's the highly trained artist now, but 20 years ago, this was the fucking Italian guy's hustle. You know, this That's is what, yeah, this is what street guys did. You know, Mike Perfetto, Tony Polito, oh, yeah. Pete Jaquinto, you know, even Pete Poulos out in Long Island. I mean, Pete had originally met Pete Poulos. They were away doing time in Greenhaven together you know and then pete helped pete Poulos set up his own shop which was peter tattoos at the time so at a point like it was more or less like you kind of had to fight to get into this business like you had to be good with your hands you know you had to be somewhat of a rugged person because of the people you were dealing with at the time you gotta be talented too yeah i mean listen to me today you're tattooing lawyers doctors uh basketball players football players you know every walk of life years ago you tattooed the street guy you know what about when people go to jail and come out with these tattoos? How does that even happen? I got news for you. A lot of this stuff that's coming out now is really nice stuff. There's I got a, I, uh, a friend of ours came in a year ago after doing time, and he had a leg sleeve. And good? The, it was really light done. I had to redo it. But the work was all clean. Like, super yeah. clean. A friend of mine came home from the feds. He had uh, something written. Uh, like a... A uh, Serenios guy, guy did it, like, you know, East L.A., Mexico. Yo, this thing was pin perfect. It said family, and, like, that fancy East L.A. script, it was perfect. I couldn't even do with that yeah, nice out I in the street with the right that. stuff. Damn, I mean, look, the gods bring it in, you know. It's just how it is. It's not like years ago where it was, you know, the soot from checker ashes mixed with Vaseline and the tape recorder motor. Like, back in the day, we used to tattoo a couple COs, and when they would do Shakedown and Rikers, they would bring us the tattoo machines. You know, just like, hey, look at this, you know. And it was like, pretty wild setup. But, Didn't I mean... you have one of those? Yeah, I got it somewhere in the back. But, like, today, like, these rotary machines, they're based off that tape recorder motor, just a stronger motor. You know, and they're, they're doing the same thing. Yeah, this... It's crazy how, like, same... how advanced it got. Yeah. Even me, when, when I first... When I got my first tattoo, the machine was... Like one of those really loud ones. You have like three rubber bands on it. You know what I'm talking about? I still use them. I, the yeah, coil I machines, use them still. Coil machines. They're still very much used throughout the industry. It's it's either one or the other. Tattoo artists. A lot more of the black and gray photorealistic guys. They they're using stuff like this. This is what I use for every day. But when it comes to traditional and neo traditional and a lot of those styles, you see mostly most of the people are using coil machines, the loud ones. You know what? I, I would say the best thing about tattooing, I mean, for me anyway, and I'm sure it's for Mike, it is it allowed me to pursue my other hobbies. I mean, look, don't get me wrong. At the end of the day, I pay, yeah, I pay sign, my... You have a sign in the office, 
fish five days work yeah there. like that that's my thing you know but like look at the end of the day the price i pay for that is i have no pension and i pay for my own insurance and shit like that you know so that's the cross i bear for having all the free time to pursue my outside yeah. interests you know my outside interest is i'm a tournament shark fisherman you know, I got big money in earnings. You know, I got one coming up this year. <laughs> you know, I take it very seriously. I start in the winter time. You know, early early winter. Where do, you, where do you go to do that? Well, I'll tell you what I do. It's a big regimen for me. Like I start training. You know, around in September, I train at Limitless Fitness on Crossway Boulevard. I was just gonna shout them out because. If you want any moff in our beach, you're not finding them. I'm not there. I'm not there for the mills. I go there for personal strength training. My trainer Joseph Ponty trains me. You know, because I'm fighting fish four or five hundred pounds. You know, last year we worked real hard. Yeah, we got the strength up good. I mean, last year we worked real hard for about like a steady week and a half. Yeah, what was I deadlifting? Five hundred, maybe. I don't know what it was, but (laughs) either way, either way, I was awarded ten thousand dollars for the heaviest thresher in the the Stella Mara Shark Tournament. You know, so um, you know, the hard work paid off. You know, I'm getting ready this year. I got it in three weeks, so you know, I'll be out this weekend. You know, making the sea safe for everybody. You know, one shark at a time. Yeah, you know, my trainer, he slacked off a little bit, but, you know, I, I kept up with it. You know, he was pursuing outside interests himself. You, you know, but um, I'm there. You know, you, you'll see me in the, I'll be in the newspaper, I'm sure, in the next coming weeks. Oh, yeah? You know, the Newsday does a nice section on, on sport fishing. Do you travel for that, too? I used to. I was down in Costa Rica in September. I did some fishing. Um, I, re- I really want to get Costa Rica. I feel. Yeah, I want to get to Alaska. Like that—that's—that's yeah, that's my spot. Like that's what I would love to do. I'd love to go to Alaska. No, no, no. You've never done Alaska before. No, I, I can't find the guys. Well, that's it's kind of hard. Fishing, huh? No, they fish like in the ocean, but they got like big halibut and stuff. Like it's, you know, it's some crazy shit. I want to do it before I die. Do you fish because uh, you actually like the way the fish taste? Well, it's funny you talk about Mike fishing because. I brought Mike out with me, what was it, two years ago? Yeah. Two years ago, no, every, three, every, three, every three. three years ago, every July 4th, we do the annual Pete and Kubo's fishing trip. So I think it was Mike's maybe first offshore trip. This is a big deal. If you don't go to this, you get fired. <laughs> no, this is like special. You know, you got to be a member of the shop to go to it. You know, we do a 4th of July. We brought Mike out, and, you know, we caught a great white shark. Could you fucking believe that? A great white shark. Wow. Right off Rockaway Beach, in between Rockaway and Jones. Not that far off. I don't That's want to scary. divulge yeah, how far out, because, you know, I don't want no one poaching my spots. But it, let's just say it was very close. Close enough for me, I will not go swimming in Rockaway Beach or Jones Beach. No way. How big was this? It was small, but it was it was probably like 80 pounds. But it, evidently, they proved that the great whites give birth off our waters. So at some point, the pregnant females are around. Yeah, giving birth at some point they don't know when i've never i i've seen them 16 17 feet about 30 miles offshore you know like cruising wild. along it's pretty wild but but they That's come in i only put my feet in like. let's just say it wasn't it wasn't the best day of my life yeah he didn't really take to it but he didn't see like look i'm fishing i'm 45 i'm fishing since i'm seven years old that was my first ever great shot white shark this lucky fuck comes out his first time and he gets one the and he just reason- couldn't see the joy in it the only did, reason did you, why did that you, great white... Did you white, though, or who, whose hook did it, like, catch on to? We, no, we set up. We set up three poles when we do it, you know, and it took one of the lines. 
You know, so yeah, it's like a group thing. You know, the only reason in. that Shaw came up to the boat was because I ate Dunkin' Donuts earlier <laughs> and I threw up that Dunkin' Donuts into the water and the, the shark wanted something new in his ass. It was a little rough out that day, you know. A but little rough out. It, the horizon was just from here to here. It was the worst you day of my life. Mike? Yeah, I was, I was throwing up for like two hours. He tasted, uh, the shark tasted the rainbow donut. Yeah, but we, you know, you got to let chip. those go because they're an endangered muffin. species. Big fine for that. Yeah, you gotta let him go. Oh, really? Yeah, big fine. You can't. It's like you might as well kill a bald eagle. You kill one of those. You got your picture though. And... Yeah, no, we had it. If you go on to Pete and Kubo's Instagram and you look back July fourth a couple of years ago, you, you'll see it. It's on there. You gotta frame that in here somewhere. Well, I tell Thanks you, the mug shots. Last there. year, I um, I put that big thresher up and like I was getting abused from people. Oh really? Yeah, like you know, I didn't have my personal Instagram at the time, so I don't really post much much personal stuff on the Pete and Kubo's one. I actually never do. But I just, you know, I was quite proud of that winning shock, and I put it up, and, um, you know, it was a nice picture. I mean, it was fucking dead, but, you know, it's still a nice-looking shot. And, like, people started abusing me, but from all over different parts say? of the world. One guy put a curse on me in, um, <laughs> in like, Venezuelan or something <laughs> that the world's going to come back and pay me, like, some karma fucking justice, you, you know? <laughs> Which, if you know my life, it's already fucking paying me back, so I don't know what this guy's wishing on me. You know, and it's some girl put, like, oh, I'm here to see dope tattoos, not dead sharks. And then some other girl was sending me links and shit. To Peter, right? A lot of yeah. people that have these tattoos will be a vegan and stuff, man. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm especially Williams, bro. So I, I know about that. Look, I, I remember back, back when uh, tough guys got tattoos, not a... You know, not the the hipsters that uh, don't shower. Oh, remember the hipster that came up here? Yeah, we, he had you tattooed or Joey tattooed? No one tattooed her. No, who was the one that said she didn't shower for three weeks? Oh, I tattooed her. She was like, she was like, she was oh, thinking. I'm sorry if I smell. I haven't showered in a while. I'm like, oh, come on. Could you fucking she imagine that? She said that straight to me. Dead well, I sprayed on Creed to do this podcast because I don't know who's around smelling me. And this bitch didn't shower for three fucking days. Imagine that. No, but the other one... That's nasty. There was one that we gave... It was a small tattoo, and it was the shop minimum, 60 bucks, and he was like, that, he was talking about it, and you were like, just go home. Meanwhile, he's probably some trust fund baby that his father pays his fucking rent right, in Williamsburg, yeah. 3000 a month. <laughs> What's the craziest thing you tattoo, Mike? I don't know. I, I, I don't think I've done many crazy stuff on people. Not that I really remember alright how about you George I tattooed eat me right in this girl's like pubic bone and I told her I was like you know one day you're gonna have children right you're gonna be in a delivery room and a, before, after before I said it I'm not a scumbag like that look for years people would come in and like want their boyfriend or girlfriend's name and we wouldn't do it until we started seeing them come back looking for the cover up so we were like fuck that we we're missing that nobody's listening to us anyway so we're missing out in the business of doing it, so we might as well just do it. But we were always good like that. Like, if something wasn't right, like, we'll talk you out of it. Sometimes we would dead out refuse to do it, you know? There was, a, there was like, an 18-year-old kid in here. Well, he was 17 and wanted to come in on his 18th birthday, and he wanted me to do something on his face. His, like, 18th birthday was, like, three weeks, so he was looking to set up an appointment. And he wanted to do, like, lettering going over his eye. I'm like... You're 18. Wow. And a lot of times, these parents fucking entertain it. Which is even worse. Yeah, like, that's got to be the worst part of it. Like, 
you know, your job as a tattooer is really to kind of save the client from themselves a lot of time. But sometimes they just don't listen. You know, it's like the face tats is crazy. I tell I tell people if you're gonna if you're gonna do it regardless, I'll do it for you. But think about it first. It's I tattooed a, a religious commitment. cult one time. Not old money's good money. What, what religious? Cult? I don't know. They were getting like three sixes put on them, but they weren't like Satan yeah. worshippers or something. I don't know. They they felt like they felt like um. God, I don't know something with three six. I don't give a fuck. Three six mafia. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I still got to I still got to receive communion and confirmation. I'm running a little behind on that. Because <laughs> my plan is wait till I get a little older, then I'm gonna do it and have a party for myself. <laughs> Joe, why don't you get in? Yo, shout out to Limitless, man. Limitless Gym on Cross Bay. They do everything. They got the meals. I, I know. I heard they got the meals. Yeah, no, they got a good setup there. They make the best... I tell you, though, they do make the best fucking shakes. Yeah? Yeah. Best part about going to the gym is getting a protein shake. Well, you know what? Let me tell you the protein shake story really quick. All right? So so my friend owns this gym, right? So, look, if if there was something wrong with my business, I would expect one <laughs> no, of my friends to tell me. You know, especially as a business owner. My friend's very, very smart guy, very intelligent. You know, so I found a leak in his system where I found a way to get free shakes and it worked flawlessly. Every time I would go to the gym for months, months, on, months end, on end, he got free shakes, free shakes. How did this go? Well, I'll tell you, his shift change was usually at two o'clock. Wait, hold on. Before, before this happens, did you figure it out? Like, did you fix it? Well, I'll tell you how he fixed it. Don't worry. I'll tell you how he fucking fixed it. Because I don't want everybody uh, to like... So I was like, I was like an afternoon gym guy. So I would go in... Take care, man. I would go in like, you know, like 1 o'clock or whatever. Like, I don't work out long, 45 minutes, whatever, hour. So I would make sure that I would order my shake 10, 10 to 2. And I'd sit, have my shake, chat up the person who made my shake... And, you know, 2 o'clock's rolling around. They're looking to fucking bounce. Their shift's over. But I'm still sitting there, you know, still having my shake. So the 2 o'clock ending shift leaves while the 2 o'clock girl's coming in. And the 2 o'clock girl thinks that I already paid for my shake. Hence the free shake. So I'm doing this for a couple of months only because I want to make sure that my dad is correct. You know, I want to make sure that it's not like happening once or twice. You know, but after it happens a hundred times, you know, you, you would say that there's a definite leak in here. So, you know, then I started noticing like, you know, a couple other people would work the would work the magic. You know, I'm not going to say who they are, but, you know, two younger kids in there. But I know, I know Joe knows who they are, you know, because they're like two o'clock shake guys. And these guys were the best because they were having their shakes before they started their workout. Who does that? The only reason why they did is because they know two o'clock was free shake time. So you know, I finally, I finally told them, you know, about the the thing, you know, the the, the leak that was probably costing him tens of thousands a year. Tens of thousands. Tens of thousands. You know, look, it's not a cheap shake, but it's a great shake. You know, I do it nice. I get the vanilla protein powder. I get the the peanut butter powder. I put a shot of espresso in it. I do my shake right. So, nice you know, so I, I tell my friend, this is the data, this is what I've discovered, figuring he'd be grateful, maybe say, ah, you know what, gee, you <laughs> saved me fucking tens of thousands of dollars, you don't have to pay for a shake ever again. And believe me, I don't go to the fucking gym every day, so it's not like you're losing thousands on me. <laughs> 
What does he do? Now I'm starting to go to the gym. 1.30, this motherfucker, the owner of the gym, is coming from doing his own duties to serve shakes till I leave the gym. <laughs> How's that? That's good. Sure, he's got bigger and more important things to do to make my fucking espresso. <laughs> but that's why the rich are rich. That's why he's rich. Every dollar counts. See, I, I can't pull that because once he catches on, I'll have like $30 added to my rent. <laughs> Every month. <laughs> Yo, thank you guys for uh, taking your time out. Well, we're done already? We're, we're not going to still talk? More, I got more stories. I mean, if you want more stories. <laughs> Give me another one. So then right. he's got this apartment for rent, right? So I find him a fucking tenant. I find him a great tenant that I actually vouch for the fucking rent money. So I say so that if he gets beat on the rent, if he gets beat, him, my friend will never get beaten the rent from this kid. I personally guarantee it. No, you hear this, right? You would think like I'm just gonna stop paying you rent. Think, and like, I'm like, pay my I'm rent every film. month. Here's a hundred. You and your girl go grab something to eat. He didn't do that. But his brother, <laughs> his brother, I gotta say, is a class act because I'm down by the dock and this guy needs a tow. And I call his brother up and I say, Vin, you want to tow a boat around with your jet ski? He's like, all right. He goes, what should I charge him? I go, charge him five hundred. Sea tow's gonna charge him a thousand. You're doing it for half. His brother tows the boat. Done in 45 minutes. What does his brother do? I see his brother pulling up. I wasn't looking for anything. His brother comes over, shakes my hand, 100 in the hand. George, thanks. I appreciate it. That's a guy who knows Find how to feet. do business. Find Absolutely. Right but, but I'm just saying, I, <laughs> you know, I got a brother. We're total opposites, too. Like, if you ask anybody who knows my older brother, like, my older brother's a dick. They can't believe we're brothers. You know, because it's... I like him. Yeah. <laughs> of course he likes them. Great <laughs> but you, you know, there's, there's right what ways and there's wrong ways to do business. You don't want to do it? Uh, but really, if you're in the area, you do have to go check out Limitless Gym. It really is. And uh, come check out Pete and Kubo's. Tell everybody where you are. We yeah, we're at uh, 8809 101 Avenue, second floor. Make sure you hit up this guy to get uh, an appointment. Yeah, that, that's... Everybody asks me, how do you get an appointment with Mike? I'm like, <laughs> yeah. you not talk to this not guy. No, actually, Mike. in August, in, in August he's going to start taking appointments again. But follow my Instagram, Big Georgie Tattoo. I'll be killing a lot of uh, ocean-bearing creatures Especially within the next month. So, if, yeah, if you like fishing. And this year, I'm going to wrestle a shark. <laughs> I got a tournament. I'm going to get the shark to the boat, and I've been promising everybody I'm going to jump in and kill the shark with my hands. With a knife, <laughs> but I'm going to kill the shark in the water. I'm so... Forget about what's his name when Jackie <laughs> Moon wrestled the bear. Fuck that. Georgie Tattoo's wrestling a shark. It's going to happen <laughs> sometime within the, the third week or the fourth week of June. George Contino will be wrestling a shark. Tune in. Yeah, thank you, guys. Thank you, buddy. And here's a word from the sponsors. Be sure to check out Fabrizia Limoncello on Instagram, which can be found at Fabrizia underscore Limoncello, F-A-B-R-I-Z-I-A underscore L-I-M-O-N-C-E-L-L-O. And be sure to click on their link in the bio to find a local retailer by you. Also, JYD Auto Group. You can find them at Instagram at JYD underscore NY, where they make leasing a car as easy as possible by doing it simply through your phone. Visit HardcoreItalians.com, and in the search section, just type in Growing Up Italian to support and buy some merch from yours truly.